eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I'm Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how are you doing? Um, try to describe it. So I guess the quick way would be deflated. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like a boat that, you know, I was cruising along and then there was a little, a a hole, a small hole. I thought I could patch it. And then I went to patch it. Uh, I hit it with a sledgehammer and now the whole boat's going under. That's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, there's so many things to bring up from that game and it's just really disappointing. Uh, we knew going in the injuries, the Browns were facing since they had, since had their own with Jamar chase out, you lose Cheeto in the game and obviously things just start to fall apart, but that's really no excuse. Um, this offense shouldn't be outplayed like it was. And you look on the other side with the Browns and Jacoby, it's just, it just, didn't match up and it felt very similar. The only difference was this game was on the road versus playing at Paul Brown stadium last year of when it rained, it poured offensively early. Joe had that pick six and they couldn't recover. And Chubb was just running the ball this time. He's, you know, Jacoby's taking advantage of what he's looking at with this defense, which surprisingly just looked brutal in the second half. But at the same time, your offense can't score and It just, it was a mess. That's an understatement. This game was not as close as it appeared, in my opinion. No. 19? 39, maybe? 40? Like, (laughs) I mean, they put a pair of garbage time touchdowns up, but oh my goodness. All right. Would you believe me? I told you. Nick Chubb only ran for 4.4 yards per carry. It's so frustrating. He didn't. He, he was very good today. I don't want to take anything away. You know what was worse? Jacoby Brissett averaged 12.6 yards per attempt. 12.6. Hold on. I'm going to look up the league leaders in this stat just for reference. But every time he went back to throw the ball, they weren't even using play action. He was just dropping back and firing the ball downfield. And I completely thought, oh, well, They'll have to, you know, if they're going to do that, they'll need to use play action to throw the ball down the field on this defense. And I know Cheeto went out at one point, but okay. League leader in uh, yards per attempt is Tua at nine. Percent 12.6 today. Two sacks. I think both might have been covered sacks. They, they weren't really getting much pressure. And Brown's offensive line's good, whatever. Of course, Donovan Peoples Jones has another 80 yard game, and Amari Cooper, 131 yards. Just. And this is the good side of the ball. This was a disaster. They got a pick off of an Amari Cooper throw. So that got gifted to them. And then I guess they're ruling that uh, Brissett won a fumble. I thought that might have been an interception for Keem Davis-Gaither. That was a really good play. And the defense might have had the only good player of the day, in my opinion, in Sam Hubbard. I thought he played really well. He came over with a sack and he 
He had a really good job on defense. And then everybody else that you can think of, they've got at least one play that made me go, nah, they didn't play well. Because I, I look back and Logan Wilson gets beat to the corner by Jacoby Brissett. That can't happen. I mean, Jacoby Brissett is not a speedy guy. Von Bell gives uh, Von Bell and Dax Hill combine in double coverage and two man to give up a 50 yard pass to Amari Cooper. I know it was kind of garbage time, but there was Dax Hill on the outside. He got smoked. Um, I didn't remember too many. Oh, Jesse Bates got hurdled. Mike Hilton got hurdled and he got dunked on by Amari Cooper. Trey Hendrickson, not enough pressure. Uh, he was dealing with the injury, so I don't want to be too harsh on him. Felt like the interior defensive line got sunned. They just got thrown around. Uh, Pratt, I, I don't know. I, I didn't notice too much bad, I guess. I assume he probably missed a tackle against Chubb, too. It felt like at least uh, everybody missed one. So that's how I felt about the defense was just it was a disaster. And then when Cheeto went, went out, oh, that became – at least early on, they were getting some like splash tackles for losses and breaking up passes and not allowing third and long. When Cheeto went out, that defense was a sieve. That that sieve. That I mean, they were stopping nothing. That's what makes me really nervous. There's one thing about taking a loss big time. I mean, you fall zero and three in the division, and it really just feels like anything when it comes to winning the division is just really out of question. Um, you can have a similar feeling to how the first game went with the Browns last year. The Browns have had their number, but they didn't drop three games in the AFC North, and that's bad. I mean, they're this really. What are the odds the Bengals can win the division at this point? 0-3 I mean, in the division, and they're, what, two games behind the Ravens now? One game? I don't know what one game. the records are. They're one Just game one. behind, but... It feels like two because they it, don't have the tiebreaker, and they're going to probably have a worse divisional record. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, just thinking, I, I'll, I'll, we'll get to the AFC in just a little bit, but just overall, when you look at that and you see Cheetah go out and look, I'm not making a prediction here, but he's in a knee brace and he's on the sidelines with crutches in the second half. And that's never a good thing when someone's declared out immediately. Um, you know, that's normally bad news. So we'll wait on hearing what happened with Cheeto. I mean, hopefully it's not season ending, but they're more than likely going to be without him for, a while uh, to be determined on that timeline. And if it's just, we'll, we'll know more tomorrow. You're probably hoping for a DJ reader situation where he's going to miss four, five, six weeks. I don't yeah. think you're going to get him back anytime soon. Yeah. And you, I mean, it's, that's one thing about it is you could tell me the offense would struggle. You really could. You could tell me like, they're going to struggle tonight. They're not going to have Jamar chase out there. And I see everybody saying MVP we will get to the offense in just a moment, but for the defense, to, they did lose one of their best players. I mean, when DJ Reader's gone, you lose the second best player, and that's Cheeto. Um, it proved that tonight. But to just look the way they did is really disappointing. And then you flip to the offensive side. Ooh, and I, I'm sorry, but I, I said it earlier in the week. Some people, a lot of teams would take the playmaker Cincinnati has. Yep. When the you Browns have, would. When you have T. Higgins, when you have Tyler Boyd. When you have Hayden Hurst, when you have Joe Mixon, when you have Chris Evans in the first series and everything looks great and you're throwing to him and you're getting the ball to him and then all of a sudden he's invisible and we never see him again. That guy's got to be the worst practice player of all time, right? There has to. There's so much head scratching that I don't understand. And the sad thing about all of it, the sad thing about all of it, the best the offense looked really was in the first drive when they get the tip interception. The script. And then they got away from all those – they ran – that might have been the only RPO they ran, and I didn't see one after that. It's It reminded me of the Green Bay Packers game. They The game before was against the Jaguars, and they were cooking them with this Haas wide juke play where it's an option route where, for Boyd, and he has like four different things he can do. Then he throws – then Burrow throws an interception on miscommunication. They just scrapped it forever almost. Like it, it's come back in spurts, but it went from being a staple part of the offense to almost never used. And then I'm my worry is just – now with the RPOs, he threw a pick on it, and I wonder if that's just going to be like, I don't like those anymore, or something like that. And it's like they were working so well against the Saints, and the Browns don't run that dissimilar of a defense with all the quarters that they try to run. So just a weird Miles Garrett tip. And I – not to keep rambling, but I'm so sick of these defensive linemen jumping up. And, uh, I mean, Jonah pushed him. 
But oh my God, just lay that guy down when when he jumps up. Run your <laughs> what we were taught was to run our shoulder through their ribs. Like if they're gonna jump, they're gonna pay for it, and they're not paying for it. They just jump up, they land on their feet. Miles Garrett's lead blocking at the end of it. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I just felt like after that happened, that we weren't gonna see that offense anymore and take those chances. You didn't have Denzel Ward out there. They still have a, a okay secondary, but at the same time, I just felt like it was it, they weren't going to be able to get down the field again, and it was just so disappointing. Even when they were down by eleven, it really felt over. And I'm not a negative person. I always like to look at the glass half full, but down eleven at halftime, it felt like I just don't really see how they're going to bounce back because I thought the Browns were just going to run the clock out and run the ball in the second half, but they didn't have to. They could throw it downfield and take advantage of the injuries that you're seeing a cornerback right now. Why run the ball? They're having yeah. three times as many yards per attempt. Didn't have they, to. They, yeah. have no reason to run the ball. I mean, yeah. when uh, whatever, but I mean, the offense after that first drive to call it bad would be an understatement, right? Because the offensive line was, I think people are only blaming Jonah, but I, the entire blocking unit was a disaster to me. I mean, I don't think Collins looked good. And on the first drive, he got Burrow clipped in the back of the legs. I think all those hits Burrow takes early, the sack that uh, P. Ryan plus uh, Jonah give up, I hate late chips. I, I I want to talk about that. I don't know how much time I have to talk about everything. Go ahead. But, okay, Miles Garrett's rushing. Great, great on a clip, great on a chalkboard, clipboard, whatever, that we're gonna chip him with the running back coming out of the backfield. That's awesome. Jonah doesn't know when that chip's coming. You know, it's not timed up to be on your second kick. He's gonna chip, he's gonna give you that help. So when Miles can see the running back, Jonah doesn't have eyes in the back of his head. So Miles sees the running back. And Jonah played poorly. I'm giving him defense on this. He gave up two sacks that were his own fault. So Miles can see the chip coming. Jonah can't. He gets to the bottom of his set. He's set and he's to the point where, okay, I'm here. I don't know if I'm getting that chip because I've kicked out three, four times and I just have to set this guy myself. Then the chip comes and Miles is such a good rusher. These really, really talented and smart rushers, they feel that chip coming and they roll with it. So that's why that spin move was so good. He got extra momentum. Basically, P. Ryan pushed him to the inside so that, and then Jonah can't recover and make the block. I mean, to me, that, that's just as much on the idea of the play call of giving a late chip on third and long to their best edge rusher that he's known for doing this. <laughs> These late chips don't work. I would rather somebody just cut block them, you know, just try to take them out from underneath and get the ball out quick because there's just – it doesn't work. It's I see everybody blaming Jonah, and the former lineman online seemed to agree with me a bit about, no, you <laughs> those chips suck. And it seems like every time I ever hear these linemen talk about these chips, they're like, no, I hate, I hate those chips. Chip them early or don't chip at all. Let me go one-on-one with the guy. And talk about going one-on-one with Miles Garrett. No, but it it's terrible. It, it's it's just bad design. It's not surprising that ended up in a sack. The the stuff that was surprising was when he's losing to a seventh round rookie. But that play, not surprising when you give Miles Garrett that extra help to the inside is oh, just a disaster overall. And it, Wait, we the Bengals must be the one team in the NFL that can't run the ball in the Cleveland Browns. I mean, this is the worst run run defense in the entire NFL, and they're playing too high pre-snap. It's not this wasn't a chase thing from the gun. They're playing too high pre-snap. I watched it, and they still can't run the ball against them. I mean, whatever. <laughs> if they can't run the ball against the Browns, this team can't run the ball against anybody. Yeah, the whole running the ball situation. <sighs> I just don't know what to think if it's not working with Joe Mixon at times. And we talked about it early on in the season. Maybe he was dealing with an injury, comes back, looks okay. Had the player meeting before the Thursday night game. He looked a little like old Joe Mixon. And I I don't know what to say about their run game right now. I, I truly don't know what to say. It like, I, I don't know the answer. The past three weeks. I, I would say it looked good the past three weeks. He was over five yards of carry. Uh, for two of those weeks. And then the third week wasn't there, but the pass game was working really well. So whatever. This game was just, I mean, one of Mixon's worst games of his career, but also just it that is, is probably the biggest concern because some of the stuff you can chalk up to injuries and not being ready for dealing with those. And 
the Browns got away with a lot of grabbing early on in the game, it felt like, but you know, that's just the way it goes. You got to play through it. So I don't know. I, I thought that was the most concerning part because that's something to me, Chase isn't going to fix that much. Like the passing game gets fixed when he comes back. The, the, I don't know that the defense, you maybe could talk yourself into reader comes back and it's going to be better and all this other stuff, but the run game, all the starters are there. And this is the worst run defense in the league. I mean, if it's not the worst, it's bottom five. Every other team that played the Browns were able to pound the rock for like five yards of carry and a hundred plus yards. This team goes out there and they mix an average 3.4 carry. Uh, only eight carries too. I feel like the game script got away from them, but they also abandoned the run when they were down 11, nothing. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I don't feel like they had to there. I agree. They, That's it wasn't was working in the say. air. So why not just keep going 11, 11, keep going. Trying, tried to get it working, and they they just couldn't do it. And at least save Burrow some hits. It felt like the offensive <laughs> line was playing like. <laughs> I mean, there were, were times when I was, there were <laughs> times when I was like at towards the end. I'm like Zach, we got to get Joe out of there. We got to get Joe out of there. There's no reason for him to be in there because he took some hits tonight, and that is very concerning and scary. I want to get more into the offensive line talk and a little more offense and Jamar Chase because I think national media, when they watch tonight, they say, Jamar Chase MVP, Jamar Chase MVP, and I want to talk more about that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I want to stay with the offensive line because the overall reaction is Jonah gets owned by Miles Garrett and it's pretty much his whole career. And he looked bad out there. You talked about it. You said everyone pretty much looked bad when it comes to the offensive line. I mean, is that credit to who they're playing against when you look at the Brown side or or what's going, what went wrong tonight? Uh, I don't think the Browns pass rush is Cowboys Steelers level. They've got a guy like that, but it wasn't even just him. It was Taki Taki got a forced fumble, a strip sack. Uh, the linebacker because Mixon couldn't hang on that block long enough. And, oh, my goodness, I, I see the takes about Burrow can't hold on to that ball. Well, that's one of the only times he held on to the ball because he's so sped up from getting hit every five seconds that he's dumping the ball off in the flats immediately. I mean, he's hitting this check down way too early, and it's all because early on in that game, Miles Garrett beats Lyle Collins and hits him from the back. Miles Garrett gets that chip sack miles garrett is just constant pressure and then the next drive i spent all this time defending jonah saying like no i hate late chips that wasn't really his fault he gets smoked by like a a day three rookie for the browns and now that's that's on him he was alone on that i don't know what happened i'd have to rewatch it there's not a lot of plays i rewatched <laughs> during this game that was not one of them but I will rewatch it eventually and come away with a better idea. But just you can't lose like that to a fifth round rookie. Then Jonah gives up more hits. Collins is giving up hits. The interior wasn't getting keeping a firm pocket for him. Just disaster. And it felt like they weren't getting anything in the run game either. They, I do think you remove. I think there might have been only one under center carry for Mixon. It was a 
rep of counter and it went for no gain. I think if you remove that, he was around four yards a carry and they just abandoned it, which whatever, seven carries for 27 yards was what that would be if I'm right. Um, not great. I, I, I don't like abandoning it because this defense has proven to be so bad against the run and they weren't down big until the second half. I don't know. At 35 pass attempts, he was sacked five times. So every seven dropbacks, he was taking a sack or so. Honestly, I just like the run game because it would have gotten Burrow hit less. That's that's like where I'm at right now. And the other thing is there was the seam ball to Hurst. The Boyd touchdown was a tip pass by a defensive by a defensive back. Then there was finally that Higgins dunk touchdown. And it almost felt like why didn't why didn't they try that at some other point? Because T's not a guy that's gonna gain six yards of separation and come wide open for those, but I feel like he should have gotten a few more chances to try to go up and play above the rim against these corners. I mean, the tallest one, I know Greg Newsom's about six feet. I think Greedy Williams is under six feet. The one guy I Oh, Greedy Williams, six foot two. Just look that up. Wow. I still would have trusted T in that situation. <laughs> but uh, just looking up Martin Emerson real quick, who is also six foot two. T's like six four and gangly. He's got long arms. I feel like I would have just tossed him up some some passes. I, I don't know. That, and maybe it's hindsight because it worked. He caught a 41-yard touchdown. But just in my mind, it's like when I saw that happen, I was like, I was kind of hoping that they would try that some point when they're when, – when the game was starting to get out of hand – when it's third down or second down and you're looking at a third and long possibility, just put it up for your guy. I, I don't know. I, I can't see down the field either. Maybe they had a bracket or they always played over the top on him, except for that touchdown. And that's when they finally took the shot, but it really felt to me that that was a missed opportunity to not throw any of those earlier. Uh, some of the biggest talk and, and what I noticed on social media was again, when national, this is why I hate when this team is on, on prime time, because there are a lot of people who are watching this team for the first time this season and they're going off of what they saw and maybe the playoffs last year, or just highlights from some of the shows. And the biggest thing is Jamar Chase, MVP, Jamar Chase is the MVP. That's who this, you know, and I'm like, Yes, Jamar Chase, we knew we know what a big difference he is. This guy played injured against the Atlanta Falcons and put up amazing numbers, had two touchdowns, and was just awesome to watch last Sunday. He's a big part of this offense. And when you have a Jamar Chase, a T. Higgins, and a Tyler Boyd out there and they're healthy, this offense is rolling, putting up 30-plus, and they really were getting it going over the last few weeks. You lose Jamar Chase, you know you're going to be without Jamar Chase, you get a game plan, and you still have T. Higgins, you still have Tyler Boyd. I mentioned all those weapons out there. The problem is I feel like they would have still had problems with Jamar Chase out there today the way they looked I, I just I didn't I didn't see I, I hate saying this because I don't get paid to play the game but they didn't look prepared at all so I don't know I don't I, so I now we've had all this talk about the players underperforming but when every player underperforms that's that's probably a little bit of coaching right yeah and that's why when I say when you say the word they don't look prepared the first thing you think is the coaches didn't have them ready I think it can be, I think it can be everyone. I think it can be, I can, I think, you know, at times it can be Joe Burrow's fault. I think it can be your offensive line's fault. I think it can Probably be your playmaker's fault. I think it could be Mike Thomas's fault when he drops the ball. Oh goodness. Yeah. That, that was a momentum killer. Just, I mean, if you're, if you're Joe Burrow, you don't want to give him the ball anymore, but you really don't have a choice. I actually saw, I felt like I saw Trent. I don't know which one. Trent Irwin. I was yeah. going to say Irwin, but I was like, he got called up. Was it really him? Yeah, he was out there. <laughs> I think it was him, but yeah, I, I think I saw more Trent Irwin right after that drop. And Thomas has been bad as an outside receiver. I mean, he had a touchdown in the Steelers game and dropped it. Um, but at the they, same He had about 500 yards in that Steelers game, and he just couldn't read the coverage. That's what I saw. So they have a problem. They have a problem. I wasn't asking for Josh Reynolds because I think Josh Reynolds is a savior. I was asking because I don't think their wide receiver three should see the field at this point other than special teams. Yeah. I mean, but it, but it's really at this point, they have a problem and yeah. I, I know Jamar Chase is different maker. Would I feel better about the way they're moving? Probably, probably making plays, but at the same time, they still have issues and maybe they're masked. Maybe it's, you know, it's covered up a little bit when you have Jamar Chase healthy, when you have T. Higgins healthy, when you have Tyler Boyd healthy. But I think 
the blame can go around to every single person that was there tonight. I truly don't know a player that that had a good game. I mean, you Sam look at Hubbard a, was the only one I could think of. I mean, that's really that's really bad. That's you really bad. One. And uh, I just saw on Twitter that he went to the X-ray room uh, fifty about fifteen minutes ago from when we were recording this. So could have lost him too. One of the best players on this defense. Yeah, and that's something to watch out for. Obviously, Trey Hendrickson got injured, but was played was playing out there. Same, it, it's just it's absolutely a mess when it comes to injuries right now. And you're hoping that none of them are long term. And hopefully, we get a better update as the week goes on when we're recording later in the week. But yeah, I mean, the biggest talk is you're being you're going to be without Jamar Chase for a little while. And if this is how your offense is going to look, I mean, that's those are some scary days ahead. Not only if this is how the offense looks. Defense has enough injuries. I don't think they're going to be top five. I don't think they'll be top eight. Even when Raider comes back, it's like top 10 is a stretch. Like you're yeah. almost without your number one corner. And then without, we'll have to see on Hubbard. But it feels like the injury bug is just really biting this team and not in the places they have a lot of depth. No. And that was the biggest thing. I will say this because I hate bringing up last year. I truly do but I love it at the same time, especially doom and gloom right now. I can look back on 2021 and think about how fun it was to watch that team. But I will never say last year was luck. I will never say they just got lucky and found ways to just win their division, beat the Chiefs twice, and, and just be a really fun team in 2021. But the one thing that they did have on their side, besides talent, was they were healthy. And I mean, yeah, you know, here and there they would deal with a few injuries, but guys would come back. They had Logan Wilson out. He came back T Higgins out. He came back. Um, and that's something that we're seeing really early right now in the schedule. I mean, you're starting November right now and you're dealing with some star injuries on this team and you're right in the middle of the pack. You drop three in your division. I'm not trying to be negative, but it's going to be really hard to bounce back by you have that home game coming up. It's in an NFC team. And then you go in your buy and you hopefully get healthy out of it. But there are some big question marks. And the thing that really is a bummer is you play Monday night football and the trade deadline is less than 24 hours and you have some major holes and decisions. And this team normally doesn't do the trades in season. No, I don't expect a trade. Do you? No, I don't. It's fun to talk about, but I don't expect a trade. They're not going to trade for wide receiver. They brought in all those free agents. They're just going to sign one of those warm bodies and have them play. Uh, When it comes to corner, they need a corner. They'll just go sign a warm body off the street that can just see a few snaps. I think Eli Apple's back next week, so they'll have have a starting trio of sorts. I don't know if the film is going to be kind to Cam Taylor Britt. He had a few fun plays. I wouldn't be surprised if He's at fault for some of the things that happened. He's a rookie making his first ever start. And then Cheeto went out. So then he's he's suddenly the best corner on the field because Trey Flowers is a tight end guy. I think we learned that. Um, there's, man, I feel like there's just so many bad performances. It's hard to come away from this game excited. And I know they play the Panthers next week, but... I can't even look at that game as like no. right now. It's just well, all no. these injuries and what PJ Walker just did. You know, I could see PJ Walker having a good game against this defense after what I just watched. I mean, I know the Browns have their number, but man, it's just it is hard to say when every single player struggles. It's like when you see a movie and you have all these actors that you know are good, and it's like, oh, this looks bad to me. That starts acting like you start thinking that could be direction or that could be what's going on. That's not the people that are giving the performance. So I don't want to just say these guys are all fine. This is all coaching, but man, it really does feel like every side of every facet of the game had issues coaching wise. I mean, the kick returns are an issue. I don't know if we did talk about that, but another one to the 15 today, Um, they, the kick game. Oh, goodness. I don't know. McPherson missing an extra point and a 40 yard field goal when he was supposed to be automatic. I mean, we were talking about this guy as if he's Justin Tucker Jr. And uh, Justin Tucker, I don't know if he ever misses those. So two in one game. And then the snaps were high consistently from Adamitis on the kicks. And then the punt that I don't know what to say about Huber. It had a 20 yard punt today. That is yeah. the special teams was terrible. 
and we haven't even talked about it because the offensive defense were worse. Yeah, I'm, I want to stay with the defense. I do want to get to special teams in the next segment, but I think with the defense, what is scary and what is kind of a bummer about it, I said during the game, like late in the game, and I said, this game stings more because they dropped the first two to begin the season. But at the end of the day, the way they look tonight and the injuries they're facing defensively to know that, you know, even if they struggle offensively, they were always able to pick it up on the defensive side and they just couldn't do that. And when everything, like I said earlier, when it rained, it poured and it was deja vu to the first matchup versus, versus the Cleveland Browns. It's just something about the Browns. It's, it's so wild to me that Jacoby and Baker Mayfield can go out there and just like look like superstars and just, just demolish a defense. And they did that tonight. And Joe Burrow, I mean, he, he, I don't know. I don't know what to say about Joe. He, he was bad. Um, I'd give him a D for this performance. I don't think it was an F because I don't know. I could, but I don't think he was that off. Yeah. I, I don't think he was overly accurate. I think he was fine at times. Um, I don't blame that strip sack really on him too much. Mm-hmm. I think he just wanted to make a play after being bottled up for so long. I think he's too quick to the check down. He was very conservative today, very game manager-y which would be fine if the run game was working and those guys were breaking tackles when they got the ball out there. But no matter who was out there, they weren't breaking any tackles. It wasn't just Mixon. Mixon dropped a ball, but P. Ryan wasn't breaking any tackles out there either. It was just everybody. Nobody was breaking tackles to turn these short passes into good plays. And then pushing the ball downfield, it felt like they tried it a few times early and then they just abandoned it. And I don't know why. Uh, it felt like Tyler Boyd was going to have a game and – then he ended up with like 40 yards and T Higgins, I mean, almost got shut out before that 41 yard touchdown that he would have had eight yards on the day if it wasn't for that. And that was in garbage time. I mean, a play that only he makes because, you know, he yeah. soars up above and he makes this awesome catch comes down with it. And that's why I'm saying they should have just thrown a couple up to him earlier because look, I trust he to come down with those more often than the corner. So why not? I mean, why not? That, I mean, when you're down two scores, I just think, why not? You know, like what what difference does it make to stand there and you know dump the ball off to the flat quickly versus just just put one up? That, and that's why I want to see the all twenty two before I complain too much. But in my mind, I, I I can't think that they just played too deep the entire game and didn't allow any of those shots. And if they did, my issue is like, why don't we have anything working down the field to beat those coverages? But I don't know. I, I have uh, I feel like too many complaints and um, not enough to be excited about after this. This this is the uh, the worst I've felt uh, other than the Super Bowl, I guess. But I did feel okay being that like eh, at least they made the Super Bowl. This is the worst I've felt since I want to say twenty twenty. I mean, I guess, yeah, the injury, that really deflated everything. (laughs) Definitely felt worse that day. But, like, just for a loss, this feels worse than last year's Browns game because it was closer last year's Browns game. It felt like there were moments I was like, ah, you know, they just got off to a bad start. This one was like, it wasn't the bad start by the end of it. (laughs) This team should have lost by 40. No, this was really bad, and I agree with you. I think I I would say this loss is – the worst loss in the Zach Taylor era. Even worse, even worse than the. I'm going to take out 2019. Okay. I'm going to take out 2019. I'm only using. I'd, I'd say in the Joe Burrow Zach Taylor era. Even worse than when when he went down. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. We don't talk about that. We don't oh, talk okay. About so that other game. than that one. I, that game does not count. That does not count. That game is. <laughs> that was the one I was thinking of. That was definitely no, because. Worse. They, because if he doesn't go down, they beat Washington, which was a legit defense, and they looked legit in the first half. So I don't want to think about that game. That game does not exist ever. Yeah, if you don't include that game, it's probably the worst I've felt. I would never include that game because the- that would obviously top the worst game of the entire in the entire world. Uh, so the, yeah, I will not speak of that game. We will move on to our next segment on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. All right, we are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Uh, things are pretty doom and gloom right now. And we're nor- we normally try and like find something out of a game, even if it's an L, that you can move forward, things will be okay, you have this going on. But it was every single phase of this football game. We talked about the defense. We talked about the offense. They've added some injuries tonight, which is an ideal for some of their best defensive players. And now special teams, which is just another head scratcher. How in the world? Our guy, Evan McPherson, at a time, I thought they were going to go for it. When they were in uh, Brown's territory, I was like, you know what? Kick the field goal, get some points on the board. That makes sense, you know. Just try to try to make it look a little better. And that was a miss. Extra point. They get they make the touchdown. I'm like, oh, they'll get the extra point, no problem. No extra point. I almost oh. left to go like get, get fill my water, and then I just see, oh, he missed. And I was watching the Manning cast, so like some yeah. of the stuff kind of flies by because they're not really giving good play-by-play they're having good conversations and i really enjoyed it yeah i wish they talked more about football but we didn't give them a reason to yeah no i i like that is concerning with evan mcpherson um you know i think yeah the extra point that would feel fluky if he didn't also miss a kick yeah it would be like, oh, okay, whatever. There's other problems. And obviously there's other problems that are higher on the list. But when Evan McPherson is Mr. Automatic, it is pretty concerning. At the same time, it does kind of have me question because there have been times this season that Evan has made it, but it's been a little like, ooh, that one was a close one. I thought he was going to miss it there. Um, that it's kind of felt like that all season with without his guy Clark. Um, but he's, but he's made them, you know, he's made some great kicks. It just, there's been times where it's like, Oh, that was a close one for him. So I don't know. I just feel like that's another thing that we're going to be watching this season. And Kevin Huberman, you can't, you can't have that happen. I'm sorry. And what we're seeing in pregame with Drew taking punts out there, practicing his punts, pretty productive punts in pregame over the last two weeks during game or before games. And it just feels like, I don't know how much longer that leash is going to be for Kevin Huber. And if that move gets made this week. Yeah. Um, and obviously tonight wasn't about Kevin Huber the whole game or anything like that, but it's still something that adds to the resume right now. I, yeah. I just think the Kevin Huber thing. Yeah. It, I mean, maybe bring in Chris Smith at this point because it really can't get much worse. He's having at least one shank a game. It was just disappointing because I felt like he looked fine in the preseason. And then he actually got off to a hot start, which made me think, oh, he came in ready this year. And I don't know what's going on. He's older. It's just a sad way to go out if you lose your job midseason. As one of the longest tenured Bengals that I remember. But that's life. Uh, (laughs) You got to play better, too. Um, So do you think it looks this bad next week? Do you think the offense looks no. this bad? You don't I think don't. the offense looks this bad? I don't because they do this my whole entire life. This Bengals team has done this. They will put you down in the dumps after just being on fire offensively over two weeks and just find a way to lose a game in prime time on Monday night football and look bad in all three phases and come out and and win a game. They, they 
they do. I feel that way. But if they don't, if they don't, white flag is up right now. And I'm like, there's a problem because you're going into your bye week and you're four and five. And the hopes of turning it around is very concerning. Yeah. Um, not great. I feel like it, it'll be better just because I feel like the Browns just. It's Look, their Super Bowl. No, but it really feels like I, it every time they I, play. I hate, I hate that. I hate that too. Because I hate that too. So many teams said that about the Bengals, and everybody made fun of them. And now I'm seeing all of the Bengals fans try to say it about the Browns. I say that jokingly. Like, I say I know, that jokingly. I think there are people that say it their... seriously, though. It's like they're saying, like, oh, the Browns are celebrating. This is their Super Bowl. It's like, like man, they're just happy they won. It's just like when the Bengals beat the Chiefs or the Bengals beat the Ravens twice. It's like, it's not their Super Bowl. They just. You know, it's just exciting to beat a good team, but I don't know. It's, I think they'll look better next week, but this is very concerning for me for this team to actually be a contender this year. I, it almost does start to feel like it's slipping away a little bit and I don't know. That's really disappointing when this is one of the years that you could really, really compete with Burrow on a rookie contract. On paper, you have this good defense, and I know they're facing injuries. On paper, you have studs everywhere in this offense, even without Chase, and it just looks like this. It's just they're over-reliant on the Chase explosive plays. They don't live consistently down to down. They're This is bad. I mean, this – this offensive performance is is up there for I think it was worse than what it looked like in 2020 at times. In 2020, like Burrow's taking a ton of sacks, but they scored 30 against the Browns twice. I they couldn't move the ball today. The, I mean, shoot. I, I it's hard to come away with too many positives after a game like this, but I mean it, it's I think it gets better because I don't know how much worse it could get. I guess the only worst thing would be if Burrow threw a bunch of interceptions or something. At least he did a fairly good job. He didn't throw a single interceptable pass. Yeah. He just threw the pick because it got tipped at the line. I I think really to be completely honest, when I think about the offense tonight, and you're obviously gonna go back and watch the tape and, and watch the plays, but I think the offensive line was a liability tonight. And yeah. I and I've praised them over the last few weeks because I was like, wow, they're really getting it. The chemistry is really starting with this team and, you know, credits to the offensive line. They deserve it. I think it's fair and it's okay if it happens. I mean, it, it will happen where they have bad games, but I felt like it was a liability and it didn't help Joe Burrow or any of his weapons tonight. It didn't help this offense move the ball down the field. And honestly, it was really scary at times because I don't want Joe Burrow with taking that many hits in a game ever again. Um, and it's the narrative. It feeds that narrative on national TV too. Not that that's the most important thing that really doesn't matter, but everybody says, oh man, I'm right about this offensive line. It's terrible. It's brutal. They spent all this money on this offensive line to look like this. And after a few weeks to look okay, to, to play the way they did, it just, I, I think tonight I, I would point most of my fingers at the offensive line and it's fair to, it's fair to bring up the execution. It's fair to bring up some of the calls. It's, it's, it, it was bad, but I mean, not taking shots down the field to your receivers at, at some point in this game when you're down by a couple scores is a problem too. And a huge question mark. So yeah, I personally, I, I will say this about going into this next game. Uh, you look at the, after tonight, when I think of the AFC, I think it's two games. It's two teams right now. It's the Kansas city chiefs and the Buffalo bills and the drop off is huge. I'm sorry, Baltimore Ravens fans and everyone else in the AFC, it is just bunched and lumped together right in the middle. And it's just those two teams. And and Cincinnati feels so far away from those two teams right now. And that is really disappointing. Uh, because like you said, you you have this quarterback on a rookie deal. You come off the Super Bowl. You have the talent. Yes, you're dealing with injuries. But guess what? All teams deal with injuries and they have to face them and they have to figure it out. And right now, it just feels like just such a gap. And that's disappointing. And it almost feels like even if you win next week, that there's still so much more they have to do to climb in and getting out of the bye week, what that looks like, who returns. Um, it doesn't get easier for you. It really gets hard. The difficult part of the schedule hasn't really even started yet. Half. 
yeah, so that's very concerning. You you get that Kansas City Chiefs game. You have the Titans who are semi-rolling right now. Steelers could be getting TJ Watt back, of course, for that game when they face them in prime time, my least favorite time slot in the world. And then you've got to finish the Cleveland Browns, and they're going to get their quarterback back for that matchup. So it's absolutely – it's concerning right now. And – it's it, it'd be one thing to lose a game, but just to lose it the way they did, and with who they're losing on the field too now, I, I don't really even think to talk about contending right now. And I don't want to be like that person that is on social media that like season's over, they should hang it up. This is terrible. I don't want to watch them anymore. I'm not that person, but I can't really think of them as a playoff team right now. It feels almost like I did after the uh, Jets game last year. I think it was a similar record, and it made me go, ooh, I don't know if this team's going to make the playoffs. They were 5-4. and 5-4, four. and four. and they could be that after next week because yeah. the Panthers aren't a very good team, but this team didn't look very good tonight. Um, that's where it really feels like. The 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 positive spin on this to be 40-something. Let's do it. Let's do podcast. it. Give me some positive. All right. The only positive spin I've got on this is just so – I think when you look at the narratives from last year, it was very up and down to start the season. This is just how this team's going to play early on because they don't play, they don't have a very strenuous training camp. They don't get these guys playing together very much, all the preseason injuries, and they don't really play preseason. So it was up and down at the beginning, and they lose some games they should win. They win some games. They're in an okay spot, four and four, five and four, whatever. Exactly how I felt, though. It was exactly, I just hope they can make the playoffs. That's kind of where I am right now. It's just I hope they can make the playoffs. And I remember plenty of times last year thinking they're not going to do it because they lost to the Chargers and the Chargers have now got the wild card over them or they're not going to do it because they lost to this team or whatever. They I, I, 10 wins feels like the lock to make the playoffs. I don't know if they get their six more wins to go six and what three over this back half. That's going to be pretty bad, pretty brutal. I don't know. But, you know, nine wins, maybe you can still get in. I still feel like this team, they only had one home playoff game last year. And even if they played in Vegas, I feel like they might beat the Raiders. Uh, probably beat the Raiders. I don't know. It was a closer game than I'm letting on. I don't even feel like that game was close. So, but It did feel like the Bengals were in control the entire time, although the Raiders were a throw away from tying it. Isn't that um, weird? Isn't yeah. it weird? Uh, but uh, so – they won two road playoff games last year. If they make it as a wild card, I don't count them out. Even with the injuries and all these other issues, they're going to get stronger over the back half of the schedule. They get their reader back, their best nose tackle in the league. They get him back. They get, you know, they hopefully get Chase back sometime fairly soon. And then you're looking at maybe you can make the run. Maybe you do the same thing last year. Last year, they weren't supposed to really win the division, make the playoffs and make their run. But they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs twice. Do you beat the Chiefs this year? Do you beat the Bills? Do you beat the Bucks? Do you beat the Titans? All these teams that are really good, do you go in there and beat them? Because this team usually does play up to their opponent unless it's the Browns. When it's the Browns, they just they fall over. But against every other team I've watched the Bengals play, they play up to their opponent and they give them a challenge. So can they take those teams on and beat them again? That's, that's the way that they can make the playoffs, make a run, get hot, and actually, you know, Make another run to the Super Bowl. I, I, I picked them. I, I'm hoping I can stick with it in you my heart. You picked the Eagles too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. So that okay, I'm all about this. So I loved that. And what and what you said, you bring up a really great point. I'm going to make this fast because we only have about three minutes. But it was in December, early December of last year, is when they really started to turn it around. It was the game in Denver. And they were facing a really good defense. It wasn't like a beautiful win or anything like that, but they did enough on the road. And they won that game and they went on their run because that's when everyone thought, well, this is maybe the must win game. You have to win. You have to start to, to prove that you, you deserve to be in this conversation of the playoffs, um, how you started out the season. And then they hit that funk going into their bye. They could have that same record going into their bye at five and four. Differences they went off two losses going into their bye last year. But I agree with you. Maybe they play up to their opponent and then maybe you look at Tampa and they're not as good as what we thought they were going to be. Steelers, a question mark. You got to win at some point in your division if you want to go to the playoffs. 
Um, and then you get Baltimore to, to end the season. I feel like they're going to do that. They're going to reel us all in when they're like, ah, it's, we're not. I mean, there's a lot of people like writing it off tonight. Like this is I'm like, wow, you have not been a, around long enough. If this is going to make you stop being a fan or watching this team. Um, but I've watched far worse football. Believe me, I can. This is not as bad as it, I, I've seen, but it's it's questionable and it's not great right now. But again, it's a week by week thing. It's a week by week thing when you're without Jamar Chase. It's a week by week thing when you could have DJ Reader back after the bye week. You know, you hope these injuries that you've dealt with tonight aren't season ending and you get good news. So all of that is going to be big this week when we find out updates on the injured players. But at the same time, it's just that's where they're at right now. You you don't control your destiny in the AFC North anymore. And they didn't last year. You're right. You're right. They didn't. They really didn't. I mean, it could have. It could have. Like, if they if they don't beat the Chiefs, it comes down to beat the Browns. Yeah, it comes down to Cleveland game, and it's just this league. I this we don't know a thing about this league. We don't know a thing about this league ever. We definitely don't know a thing about this league in 2022. I mean, it's been absolutely wild to me. Some of the teams that are up and and where the season's going, even on the NFC side, the AFC side is just not what people thought it would be in the AFC West. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm right there. I'm, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, there, I think it's a short week. It's a long season. That's, that's just the point of it is just whether you lose by 30 or you lose by four, it counts the same and it's a long season. So you're four and four. That's not the end of the world. I know the schedule's hard on paper. Things change. Hey, schedule's hard on paper. Schedule's hard on paper last year. They shouldn't have made the playoffs. There was plenty of times they were under like a 30% chance to make the playoffs, and then they'd rattle off a win against the Chiefs. They'd rattle off a win against the Broncos. They'd beat the Raiders. They'd beat the the Ravens again. They'd beat the Steelers again. It's just the multiple playoff teams are able to beat them and run the table and make the playoffs, win the division, and then go on their run to the Super Bowl. Can you just catch that again? And I know it sounds almost derogatory to say they got lucky. Every single team that ever makes a Super Bowl or wins a Super Bowl gets lucky. They didn't lose their quarterback. They didn't lose this guy. You know, the injury luck was on their side or even not that. You think of the Rams, they got lucky that Quisky Tart drops Mm -hmm. the interception. They got lucky that, you know, the Bucks blew a coverage and let Cooper Cup get down the field. And they got lucky they got that game. call on Logan. Yeah, they got lucky they got that call on Logan Wilson. But, you know, it, it's the no. Bengals got lucky too. You know, they, they plenty they of things. Did. Every team that makes a Super, makes Super Bowl wins Super Bowl gets lucky. So I, I don't think of that as a negative thing. It's not like any team that's ever the preseason predicted favorite just runs the table, looks dominant, and wins the whole thing. It, the closest thing was probably the 17-0 Patriots, and then they lost to the Giants. So it's just – there's so much luck that goes into that. So can you get yourself in a position to get there? Because I think this team will play well in the playoffs if they can make it because they've got a smart defensive coordinator that's going to adapt the game plan to them. They've got a good quarterback. They've got good weapons. They can hang with anybody. Can they get there? That's the big thing. And if they can get there with a home game, that's even better. But can they get there? That's that's the big part here. Starts next week. If, if they drop the game to the Panthers, it gets to a real dicey situation. But if they can win the game as the Panthers, they get their bye week. Don't want to look too far ahead. You beat Pittsburgh. Now you're six and four. And I feel like that's a fine spot to be to try to make the playoffs. Three more wins could get you in. Four more probably does. And and I'll say this because we do have to turn this podcast off soon. Um, no, I, I agree with you. And the good news is I talked about it before with the lump of the the lumpiness of the AFC right now after it drops off the Bills in Kansas City. You can get out of that lump. You can get out of that lump and make a name for yourself in the second half of the season after bye week. So we'll have more later this week, a preview short week as we look ahead to the Panthers as they come to town. Cincinnati is back home, sweet home at Paycor Stadium. Make sure you're following along. Bengals underscore Sands at LNDS Patterson. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.